BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Three Down Nation podcast. My name is John Hodge. Today, we've got a special guest on the line. It is our own JC Abbott. JC, how are you doing today? I'm feeling good. It's the most wonderful time of the year, Hodge. Draft time. <laughs> Who doesn't like draft time? We're uh, we're going to get started today. We're doing a special pod uh, kind of segment. So the plan for today is we are going to go position by position. We're going to break it all down uh, with a three minute time limit because JC and I uh, could honestly, you know, we could, we, and we sometimes do sit down and talk about this stuff for hours. So we're going to keep things moving along for you. Give you a quick breakdown of all the positions in the draft, what we think of it as a whole, whether it's weak, whether it's strong, and then highlight some of the key players. Now, if you like this, we're going to be having a specialty podcast. Justin Dunk will join the two of us on Sunday to do a mock draft. The three of us are each taking three teams and breaking that down. And we'll, of course, of course be doing a post-draft podcast. We're recording, the, we're recording this Thursday evening before the start of the NFL draft. Uh, we'll obviously uh, know by Sunday, our next show, what has happened with a lot of Canadian prospects likely to be selected in the NFL. And uh, we'll uh, be be reviewing all the good news that comes after Tuesday's CFL draft. JC, you pumped? Oh, I'm super excited, Hodge. I, all year, this is what I live for. And it finally comes to fruition this week. Absolutely. Now, one quick thing that we should address before we start uh, is the definition of a what we call futures player. So in this draft, there are a handful of guys who are likely to be drafted by the NFL. Among them, uh, running back Chuba Hubbard, uh, receiver Josh Palmer, offensive lineman Alaric Jackson, and then defensive backs Javon Holland and Benjamin St. Just. Uh, because those guys are likely to be in the NFL, in 2021, uh, teams in the CFL view them as futures, which in other words means, you know, you might draft them in 2021, but you're not seeing them in 2021. And some of these guys get taken so early in the NFL draft that you'll likely never see them north of the border. So when JC and I talk about a future, what we are referring to is a guy who's in the NFL for 2021 or a player who has already decided to go back to school for 2021. So for example, Muhammad Diallo, uh, arguably the best defensive lineman in this draft. Well, he's currently at Central Michigan. He's entered the transfer portal. He'll be looking to use his extra year of eligibility in the NCAA afforded to him by the COVID-19 pandemic uh, to change schools. So he's a future selection because he will not be playing in the CFL in 2021. At earliest, he'll be playing in 2022. Uh, so now that we have that verbiage out of the way, 
I'm going to put three minutes on the clock. JC, we're starting at the quarterback position, not necessarily the sexiest position in the CFL draft, unlike the NFL draft. What can you tell us about the quarterbacks available in this year's CFL draft? Well, to be frank, Hodge, we all know there's really only one that team. It's Mike Beaudry out of the University of Idaho. Uh, he's an intriguing guy, born in Regina, but raised most of his life in Orlando, Florida. Um, he won a, a Division II national championship with the West Florida Argonauts. He took that program from a team that didn't exist to a national champion in two years, then decided to try his luck uh, transferring to UConn, got beat out by another Canadian, who I'm sure we'll talk, out, talk about in a few years' time, in, in Jack uh, Zaragagas. Uh, and then transferred to Idaho this year. He's got some tools, but I'm not convinced he's CFL caliber, or at least as a starter. Yeah, I don't think that anybody would view him as a potential you know, CFL franchise quarterback. Last year, we had Nathan Rourke out of Ohio who went second round to the BC Lions. I think he's a guy who you look at as potentially... Uh, you know, being a future starter in the CFL, I'm in agreement with you. Beaudry is probably not in that category. That said, he's six five, almost 250 pounds. He's not particularly mobile, but I think he runs well enough for his size. I think he's got a quick release, and uh, you know, I'm not sure he gets drafted. I think I think he's got a decent chance. Certainly, if you're the Riders, right? He's born in Regina. He's a quarterback. I think a sixth round pick. You know, the last round of this year's draft, I think, would be a great place to take him. Do you see him as a guy who's legitimately worth developing at the professional level? I think he's got some traits. I personally wouldn't draft him. But I think as an undrafted free agent, bringing him into camp, that makes a lot of sense just to see what you've got. Um, my issue with him is I think there's a little bit of a process issue. Uh, makes some big throws, but he throws a lot of turnover-worthy plays in there as well. Uh, where he's not making the right reads. He's got some happy. Um, if you think you can iron that out and and bring out all the big throws, then be my guest. Yeah, and I, I personally would like to see Beaudry in a camp. Now, we talked about futures just a moment ago. Mike Beaudry is a future in this draft because he does plan on using his extra year of NCAA eligibility to return to Idaho in uh, in 2021, where he projects as the starter uh, for their fall season. So who knows? He only got into four games this year in their very shortened schedule. He threw for 794 yards, three touchdowns and three picks. Maybe just maybe he's able to do a little more than that uh, for this upcoming season. And uh, who knows? Maybe he'll uh, he'll climb up uh, some CFL draft boards uh, and uh, get into a camp next year. Uh, Bell's gone. Let's go on to the running back position. Uh, obviously, JC running back is not a position that traditionally holds a ton of value in the CFL draft. But this year, I actually think there's a lot to like. It's not a big group, but I think it's a strong group. What are your opinions? I think legitimately there are three guys that you could see from this group touches at the CFL level. And that's not something you can say every year in the CFL draft. Obviously, we all know the big name at the top. That's Chuba Hubbard, Oklahoma State. He'll get picked in the NFL draft, but the way he's falling, I think he'll go higher in the CFL draft than most would expect simply because there's a chance that two, three years down the line, that NFL opportunity dries up for him and he has to make his way north. 
Yeah, I, I think that's really exciting. Uh, the fact that and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not cheering against Chuba Hubbard, but this is a guy who had, you know, the, the best rushing season of anybody in, in college football in 2019, had over 2000 yards with the Cowboys, uh, but he was hurt for a lot of 2020, didn't look like himself. His numbers plummeted. And uh, certainly after he ran a four, four, eight, I think he gets picked in the NFL draft. He won't be a day one selection. He won't get picked Thursday night, but I think, uh, you know, most of the projections have him in round five, round six is not an every down player in the NFL, but a guy who can come in and be a bit of a home run hitter out of the backfield. But you're absolutely right, JC. One of the weird quirks, of course, for uh, the CFL draft is the best player never gets taken first and Chuba Hubbard in a you know, a world where the NFL doesn't exist might be the first overall selection in the CFL draft because of the NFL interest. We know he won't be, but because he's not say a first or second round pick, like he looked, uh, you know, to be potentially after his 2019 season, you know, a year ago, he might not get drafted in the CFL at all. Uh, this year I'm hearing he could go as early as the second round because you're exactly right. If he flunks out of the NFL, gets hurt anything, all of a sudden he is a potential ratio breaker in the backfield. And I think he really projects better to the CFL game than he does the NFL game. Uh, he's a guy who needs a little bit of space to get up to speed. He's got bursts, but he needs open running legs. Put him in a big field, let him fly. I agree. I, I see him as more of a three-down player than a four-down player. Uh, the next two guys, uh, Michael Richard, I'll throw him a shout out at U of M. He's our fourth ranked running back, more of a returner than a running back, uh, looking at the pro level at least. But Deontay Glover at a Shepherd University, a late addition, uh, qualifies by his mother's uh, citizenship, was also in Canada for five years um, uh, while he was a child. And then Kyle Borsa, who I think did phenomenal things in the testing area, uh, running a sub 4-5-40 out of Regina. Who do you like better, Glover or Borsa? I lean towards Borsa just because he has more of the physical tools, in my opinion. Um, but you can't argue with Glover's production. I mean, we talk about Hubbard as a 2,000-yard back uh, in the NCAA uh, D1. At the D2 level, uh, Glover was fourth in the nation in all-purpose yards. He had over 2,000 all-purpose yards his senior season in, in 2019. So this is a guy who clearly has some vision uh, and shiftiness in space that can get you some yardage. But overall, Borsa is the stronger, more physical player. Uh, and I'm really excited to see how a team will use him. For sure. We're now going to go from one of the more exciting positions to a position that is still very important, though it maybe doesn't get as much love as it deserves. We're going to the fullbacks. And uh, I think this year, JC, uh, you know, there was a late addition here as well to the fullback position. But this is a spot that I think could produce a bigger name player than we're certainly accustomed to seeing in the CFL draft. Oh, absolutely. I would say uh, to your initial comment for Hodge, just shut your damn mouth, man. Phil, <laughs> fullbacks matter. And this is, this is maybe some of the most exciting players I got to watch this year, especially Bruno LaBelle out of Cincinnati. I just love this guy. He's uh, only 247 pounds, 6'4", but be an offensive lineman. He run blocks as good as one. And there are reps on tape, Hodge, where they have him in on pass sets and he's shutting down division one edge rushers as well as any tackle. Yeah, he's an exciting player, not like a hugely impactful receiving tight end. I think he only caught 20 passes 
in 46 games for the Bearcats. But that being said, I've talked to scouts who really like how he looked on those reps. And just as importantly, his testing numbers were fantastic. He ran a 4.68 40-yard dash at almost 250 pounds, and he had a 36-inch vertical jump, which is the type of athleticism I don't think teams were necessarily expecting to see from him. Don't get me wrong. They think, you know, they thought he was a good athlete. I don't know if they thought he would test that well. So LaBelle out of Montreal, I think is certainly one to watch. A lot of people have told me he could easily be a first round pick, though he could be a future if he signs with an NFL team. I don't think he's going to get drafted, but after running that 40-yard dash, there are some people who feel he could get into an NFL camp as an undrafted free agent. Uh, Jake Burt out of Boston College was only added to the draft a couple of weeks ago. He's a guy who's available immediately because he was actually in the 2020 NFL draft, went unselected, spent the whole year with the New England Patriots on the practice roster. JC, what are your thoughts on Jake Burt, originally born in Regina? Well, I mean, he's a player that in some ways is very similar to LaBelle, also a primary blocker experience as a receiver. Uh, I don't think he's naturally a, as athletically gifted as LaBelle is, though. Are um, a little bit more aggress- aggressive in a sense, but not as explosive. Um, they're very, very close in my opinion, but I give the edge to LaBelle uh, just because I think he exceeds him as a blocker. I would agree with that. And, and one thing I'll point out is, you know, this is a situation where the futures aspect comes in because Jake Burt was already in the NFL for a year and it kind of, you know, is now a free agent has kind of had a chance to get the NFL out of his system. His stock is going up. Whereas Bruno LaBelle, even though as I, I agree with JC is probably a better player, his stock could go down because he ends up getting signed in the NFL. If you want a guy right away at that fullback tight end spot, you probably want to opt for Burt over LaBelle, even if LaBelle is a little bit of a better player. On to the receiver spot, JC. To me, this spot has a very high ceiling, uh, but is 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 not very deep. And uh, I'd love for you to tell us why. Well, I think there's some players that have some intrigue. Actually, translate uh, all the time. I think Terrell Jana uh, out of the University of Virginia. Besides Josh Palmer, let's take him out of the equation. I think he goes so high in the NFL and has success that I don't, I wouldn't draft him if I was a CFL team. Terrell Jana, I think, will have success at the top of this, this receiver position. Beyond that, there's some guys with some question marks. I really, I think he's the most all around guy there, but someone like Dominic Johnson has an incredible body and build at 6'5, 220 but he's caught something like 11 passes in his career. He's used almost exclusively as a blocker despite playing uh, out wide. And then someone like Will Corby, who's incredibly fast, a deep threat uh, for the University of Toronto. He averaged more than 23 yards uh, a reception uh, in 2019 with Clay Sakara as his quarterback, but he doesn't run a whole lot of other routes besides the go ball. So is he going to be able to separate against elite CFL corners and actually get catches at the next level? That's a big question. Yeah, Palmer, I think you can basically take off the board, as you said, because he's he's going to be an NFL lifer out of Tennessee. 
Um, and Dominic Johnson going back to school. So he's a future. And but that that's part of the fun, right? Of the CFL draft. If you're a team and you gamble on Dominic Johnson, say you take him in the third round because he's so athletic basketball player. Maybe he goes back for one more year at Buffalo and ends up being, you know, a 50 catch guy. And it's like, wow, steal. But maybe he goes back to Buffalo and does nothing. Um, in which case, you know, he's uh, he's still just a project who, who may never pan out. Uh, I will say Terrell Janna is a bit of a polarizing player. I've talked to some people who said, eh, he runs a 4.7. He's not that big. Not really my cup of tea. I've also talked to some people who think he's going to be a thousand yard receiver. And I personally would 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 air on the side of the ladder. I think he's a pretty darn special player. To me, he's almost a clone of Herjie Miela, uh, who came uh, in the 2019 draft. He was a first-round pick of the Calgary Stampeders and just had a sensational rookie season. He's got to be in the slot. He's got to have the waggle. Mm. But if he's got that, I think that Janet could be a pretty special player. Yeah, the way Jana wins is not with breakout speed or incredible athleticism. He's a very cerebral player. He understands space better than anyone in this draft, and frankly, better than a lot of NFL players. And he can find those holes in the zone. He can be just sudden enough to create separation, and he'll make those catches in those little holes. And and that's all you want from a CFL slot receiver. This podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC, featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you are doing something good for your body. We start with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then we blend it with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result? Fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. For the last eight years, we have been a leader in the superfoods market, and we are proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. We are offering up to 15% off when you use code MINUTE15 at earthechofoods.com slash minutemedia. That's code MINUTE15 at earthechofoods.com slash minutemedia. One last name I'll throw out as the bell goes is Glodden Mullally out of Acadia. He's not terribly fast on a straight line, but I think he's quick as a hiccup. I'm not sure he'll be a hugely impactful receiver, but I would love to see him get a a realistic shot in the CFL as a return man. On to the big boys, JC. You're an O-line coach. I would love to hear your thoughts on the overall strength of the offensive line class for the CFL in 2021. I actually think it's a pretty strong class. The problem is a lot of the guys at the top are going to be futures picks, whether it's guys like uh, Alaric Jackson, who's likely drafted uh, to the NFL out of Iowa, uh, Pierre-Olivier Lestage, who I personally think is the top lineman bar none in this draft class, who's probably going to sign as an uh, an NFL free agent, or players like Sage Dockstager and, and Liam Dobson, who will be returning to NCAA schools next year. But I think there's several starter caliber players um, beyond that as well. Yeah, let's talk about some of those. Because as you said, if you want, you know, Jackson, Lestage, Dobson, Dockstader, you're not seeing any of them in 2021. But 
A couple of guys who you will see in the CFL in 2021 are Bryce Bell out of Wilfred Laurier, a guard, and uh, Logan Bandy, the left tackle from the Calgary Dinos. Which, uh, which of those two guys do you like the best? Of those two, I'm taking Bell over Bandy, simply because Bell, he's, he was a little bit undersized in college. He's put on some weight now, but he's so quick in those short areas, and he's so technical. I just love the way he plays the game. Bandy's going to be a little bit more of a, of a bruiser. He's going to throw his weight around in that, but he's also a little stiffer. Uh, Bell really snaps, and he's powerful despite being a little bit smaller. Yeah, those two guys, I think, could see their draft stock really increase again because of their availability. If you're if you're an offensive or if you're a team, you know, let's say let's let's throw the Calgary Stampeders as an example. You just lost two starting caliber starting caliber guards to retirement, right? You lost Shane Bergman, who's an all star. You lose Brad Erdos um, to retirement, and and all of a sudden you need a guy to step in. Well, you better hope that that Bell or Bandy is on the board because if they're gone, you know they're. And I agree with you, by the way, I think Jackson Lestage are, are sensational. Dobson can dunk a basketball at 340 pounds, which is ridiculous. Um, but if you need immediate help, those are the two names. I think fans really need to watch out for Bryce bell and Logan Bandy, because for teams that need help along the O-line right away, they're the ones. Now, the next uh, group that I kind of see uh, is Peter Nicastro, who uh, is also out of Calgary. Lots of dinos in the draft this year. Um, and and Connor Bergloff out of the University of Saskatchewan, who can play guard and center. If you had to pick between Nicastro and Bergloff, JC, which one would you pick? I really want to make it clear, Hodge. I like all of these players a lot. But to me, Bergloff just stands out. I love that he played in sort of a pro system at Saskatchewan. I think he's as good, if not better, than Matlin Riley, Riley, who went in the first round last year uh, from the same school. And here's my litmus test for for fans. If if you want to find out who's better, I invite you go on YouTube, pick any prospect and draw their highlight tape. Just watch it. It's not how scouts do it, but just watch it for your own benefit. And then Connor Bergloff, he doesn't have a highlight tape. Pop in Adam Machart, his running backs highlight tape, and you will see the blocks on someone else's highlight tape are better than any of the blocks on the highlight tapes <laughs> of some of these other prospects. Yeah, my favorite thing about Connor Bergloff is uh, when Adam Machart was running down the field for 50-yard gains, Bergloff was the 300-pounder running behind him. I love that. Um, we're going to go on to the defensive tackles now, and uh, this defensive tackle group is not one that I think uh, we're going to look back on and say, wow, all, can you believe all those guys were in that class? And that's not me trying to disrespect who's available. It's just not a particularly deep position if you're a CFL team looking for an impact defensive tackle. Absolutely. I mean, Mohamed Diallo uh, is the one guy that stands out. You mentioned him off the top uh, at the University of Central Michigan. Michigan. A Mac um, first team all conference last season, and he can rush the edge at 305 pounds. He's got really tremendous length, but you're going to have to wait at least a year on him, maybe two, because he's a guy who could slip into the NFL. Beyond that, Austin Fordham Miller has a little bit of, uh, of flashes at times, but he, uh, 
he's not particularly athletic. Cole Nelson is more athletic, but hasn't done anything at the U uh, sports level. And then you've got Olivier Charles Pierre, who's a fantastic run defender for the university of Houston. Um, but somewhere between 340 and 370 pounds, which is about 60 pounds too heavy to play the CFL game. Yeah, I, I know some scouts who like Charles Pierre, but a lot of them agree. Yeah, you're not going to be able to make an impact yet. Uh, certainly not on the Canadian field with its open game and three downs at, at that weight. Diallo is an amazing story. Mohamed Diallo is a guy who did not play high school football. He played a U.S.-Canada all-star game. He was a basketball player um, and basically did well enough in that all-star game that he got an offer to go and attend Arizona Western College, uh, where he put up 30 tackles and two sacks, again, as that big, big defensive edge rusher. And uh, he actually got offers to attend places like Oregon, Alabama, Ole Miss coming out of JUCO. And uh, eventually uh, went to Texas A&M, then to Central Michigan. And I think he's now in the portal again. He's a guy who's just played everywhere, it seems. But absolutely, if you want a a, a you know a potential game changing defensive tackle you know a, a guy who you can really hang on uh, hang your hat on as a Canadian starter for your team you're going to want it to be Mohamed Diallo in this draft if it's a DT um, I also think that you know guys like Fordham Miller or 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 uh, Nelson or even Hayden Ellis out of the University of Calgary could potentially be role players for you but Diallo if you want a starter he's got to be your guy definitely. I think uh, that deserves to be in that conversation. You're right. I just find him a little bit weak at the point of attack, even though he tested all right. Hey, that's that's more than fair. With uh, the bells going, we'll uh, we'll go on to defensive ends now, and uh, this is a spot that uh, honestly, JC, I think is is actually pretty deep. If you're a team looking for an edge rusher. It's not it's not an overwhelming position, but I don't think that's a bad position to have of need looking at the prospects who are available. Absolutely. I think at the top end, you've got some guys that are really good that you may have to wait on a little bit. Uh, Daniel Joseph uh, out of North Carolina State is the guy who jumps out. He was a four-star recruit who originally started at Penn State, um, did almost nothing for them, couldn't quite get on the field, and then transferred to NC State this year, had six and a half sacks, whole bunch of pressures, uh, was one of the defensive ends in that conference. He's not great against the run, but you don't really care about that if you're you're getting a guy to get after the quarterback. <laughs> right. uh, just let him run down field, uh, harass the passer. Um he doesn't bend as well as I would like, but I think he's a guy who can start for you in the CFL. Yeah, Deshaun Stevens just today announced he's he's our second-ranked defensive end. Uh, he actually plays a lot of middle linebacker at the University of Maine. Uh, personally, I see him as a CFL edge rusher. He's you know, 250, 255 pounds. I think that's how he's going to make his living at the next level is, is getting after the quarterback. But uh you know, he, he's pretty special. I love Elaine Samakinda as a guy who can play some defensive tackle uh, out of mm-hmm. Carlton. Played played three years at Guelph before transferring. Uh, but Luigi Valaine, uh, JC, is a guy who I know has caused you some anguish. Could you please tell us why Luigi Elaine drives you crazy? So here's my problem, Hodge. 
I don't like drafting guys that aren't good in college because you're asking them to make a jump in competition and be better for. And Luigi Villain, he's uh, transferred to Wake Forest now for next season. But during his time at Michigan, he barely saw the field. Um, he played, and I have the number right in front of me, 156 career snaps and never play anything meaningful on special teams either. So you don't. Game last year. Uh, that's normally as a scout, your introduction to a player is you watch three games. In three games of any prospect in this draft, you will see more snaps from that player than Luigi Villain's entire career. <laughs> True. Yeah, and and Villain, for context, he was once one of the most highly recruited defensive ends in the country. He's from Ottawa originally, uh, but moved to Virginia for his uh, final two years of high school and was actually a four-star recruit. Uh, uh, and I think ranked number 102 in the entire country, period, meaning only 101 high school football players in the States were ahead of him. He's got a great wingspan, great frame, but again, he's yet to do much of it. So I'm very interested to see what happens with him in the draft. He could be uh, a late gem, right? If he's seen as a developmental guy, or maybe someone's going to see, hey, he went to Michigan. We'll just snag him in the first round. Uh, linebacker is the next spot. And JC, I actually think there's a lot to like as well about the linebacker position in the 2021 CFL draft. I really do as well. And the guy I'll start off with just because I've got to plug him um, because uh, he plays just across the road from where I'm sitting right now is Ben Halaga. I'll start with him. He's a guy I think you can put with the linebackers or you can put with the defensive ends. He can be a stand-up guy in the middle. He can rush off the edge. Uh, he can get after the passer. He can even drop in coverage. I think he's incredibly athletic, um, can do it all for you. And he just stood again watching him at UBC. And I've seen just about every game in his career. Uh, and there wasn't a time where I didn't like what I saw from Yeah, Halatic, his testing numbers are completely off the charts. And I... I personally, I, I'm putting very little stock into the the virtual, you know, combine results that came from this year. But I agree on on film. It's clear he's got athleticism. He's a two time U Sports second team All Canadian. He had 28 tackles for loss in 28 games, which is pretty remarkable. He's getting behind the line of scrimmage, making plays literally on a game by game basis. Um, that said, we got to we got to talk about Eamon Ogbong Bamiga at least a little bit because I know JC. There's a good chance. Uh, he's going, well, I think there's basically a hundred percent chance he's going to be in the NFL in 2021, but he might even get drafted by a team. Yeah. He's sort of on that fringe. He could round if a team really likes him. It's a little bit undersized, maybe isn't quite as athletic as the normal linebacker that you would see drafted. But I think one of the things we have to consider as we talk about this, what will be a historic NFL draft. NFL draft is, or how small it is, rather. Um, you know, normally, there are about 1,900 guys who uh, sign with NFL agents as legit NFL prospects. This year, there's about 700, or just under 800, sorry. Um, so that's how small this is because of people opting back into school. So there's a lot of guys who, in a normal year, Eamon Agbad Mamina might be uh, 
a Lager free agent, you might like his chances of getting to the CFL early. Uh, this year, I think he's a lock to be in camp. Yeah, and I I love Eamon Ombramiga. I I think honestly he's he's probably better. I think I mean he's certainly better coming out of school than Enoch Mwamba is, and I I see him as being a an Enoch Mwamba type player. Right, a future most outstanding mm-hmm. Canadian potentially, uh, but he's a future, right? Because he will likely be in the NFL in 2021. One more guy we have to touch on. I know the bell's going, uh, but one more guy we have to touch on is Grant McDonald out of the University of Calgary. Went to Maine as a true freshman. They moved him to tight end. Uh, he did great on special teams, comes back to Canada, wins the Vanier Cup with his brother in 2019. I think he's going to be a potential steal on draft day. If you can get a Grant McDonald in the second or third round, you're doing you're doing pretty well for yourself as a team. Uh, we now, JC, get to the deepest position in the CFL draft. Uh, this is not a position that we're used to talking about necessarily in the CFL draft. Usually it's a lot of line talk. Uh, receiver talk uh, this year. It's all about the defensive backs. Why don't you tell us why? Well, I think the real reason is just this inf- Canadian talent in the NCAA. Um, now this is top heavy. Holland, who if, uh, if something crazy happens, could even go in the first round tonight of the NFL draft, although likely more a day two selection. Benjamin St. Juice out of Minnesota, he'll be day two. Uh, and then you got three guys who are returning to school in Patrice Rene and Dean Leonard and Alonzo Adai, who are all starting caliber um, defensive backs for major Division I schools in the U.S. Um, so any of these guys, if you get your hands on them, if they come to Canada, which is the big if here, um, you are going to get a guy who can be in your starting lineup, no question, which is huge for the ratio. Yeah, Holland is probably good enough that you never see him in the CFL. You never worry about even drafting him. Uh, but he's got the BC Lions tattooed on his arm, Hodge. <laughs> that is true. That is true. His dad played for the team, which is why he was born in Coquitlam, BC. Uh, but St. Just is a team, is is a guy who you know might be there as well as a guy who's so good you don't bother drafting him, uh, depending mm-hmm. on where he gets picked in the NFL. He's a true cover corner and he's six foot four. Those guys are so rare. He's got a seven foot wingspan, um, and he's actually a guy I think who might actually be a better fit for the four down game than he is for the three down game. Um, so mm-hmm. I wish him all the best in the NFL. Outside of that, you got as you said, a die Leonard and Renee who are all futures picks. Adai, I think, is, is a future all-star CFL safety, whereas Leonard and Renee, they're both 6'2". I think they get at least a, a an outside shot at the NFL, potentially a drafted shot at the NFL in 2022. Let's talk about Nelson Lacombo, though, out of the University of Saskatchewan. Lacombo is a guy who I think is going to be a top three pick in the CFL draft, partly because he's great, but then also partly because He's a guy who you should be able to get under contract right away. Oh, he just flies around the football field. Uh, he goes after the football. He can he can lay the lumber if needed. And he's got the pedigree. Uh, brother of Bull Combo, um, safety linebacker for uh, the BC Lions, uh, who played at the University of Oregon and has excelled in the CFL level. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, Nelson, I mean, he played halfback uh, with the Huskies, but he's a guy who I think you could see in the CFL, honestly, as a, as a field side corner. I think you could see him at safety. I think you could even potentially see him play some some strong side linebacker and and mm-hmm. maybe even a little bit of kick return or punt return. Like he's he's got a lot of value. And, and again, the most valuable part of his game, I think, is the fact that you can probably get him under contract right away which as we said off the top is, is a big asset because there's a lot of futures in this year's draft. And if you're looking for help immediately, um, Lacombo is one of the guys who can, who could certainly provide that last one, JC, we're talking about kickers and punters. It is not a deep year for kickers and punters. And unfortunately, a lot of Canadians at this position are probably going to be out of work granted, uh, or given the fact that, uh, how many, uh, punters got drafted in the global draft again? I think it was about uh, 400. At least it felt like that. Um, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the specialists in this year's draft? Well, I'll say this Hodge, um, Jake Julian is, is the big punter name here. And it is a little bit sad that Canadians maybe won't be punting as much in the CFL. I acknowledge that at the same time, if you look at the college production of these Australian punters that came through in the. Uh, global draft, every single one of them was a better player in college than Jake Julian. So you're not actually uh, losing out um, on a tremendous player here. I mean, I shouldn't say that. Jake Julian's very talented, but you're upgrading at going down, that Canadian spot will be filled by another position, and I'll take a Canadian linebacker over a Canadian punter any day. Yeah, that's fair. I, th- I think Julian is a guy who, you know, gra- granted last year, we saw a couple of really good kickers in Mark Leggio and Dante Brown go in the fifth, sixth round, which I found surprising. I guess the days of seeing a guy like Rob Maver taken in the first round are long since gone. But, you know, he- he's a guy who's probably taken in round five or six of this draft and now might not get taken at all because teams have just mm. decided, well, yeah, well, this is our global spot. This is what we're going to do with it. Um, but before we, I do want to throw a quick shout out. Uh, David Cote is, is our second rank kicker. Uh, he was a U sports second team, all Canadian, uh, in 2018, uh, is over 80% for his career with the Rouge or though he, uh, his, uh, his long was only 46 yards. And lastly, we would be remiss. Uh, uh we would be remiss JC if we didn't add in a long snapper. Our top long snapper is Keegan Mark Graf. Uh, played at the University of Central Michigan before finishing his tenure at Utah. How important do you think it is for teams to draft a long snapper in the CFL draft? Um, Important? I don't know. But you are going to have a Canadian at that spot. And with some of the recent retirements, there are teams, take Edmonton, for example, who will need a long snapper. And so that probably pushes Mark Graff's uh, value up the board here. Uh, and that's a real plus for him because he's a very talented long snapper. He was uh, among the semifinalists for the Patrick Manley Award last year, uh, which goes to the NCAA's top long snapper. Um, so he's among the best at his craft. Um, Well, there we go, folks. Thank you so much for coming position by position with us. I hope the connection was decent enough that uh, we uh, we came, <laughs> we came through clearly. I'm confident my voice is fine 
Uh, we are trying a new connectivity system with JC. Hopefully the buffering wasn't too, too bad. I'll clean it up in the edit. There we go. Thank you so much. And don't forget to tune back into the three down podcast this weekend on Sunday morning, Dunkster JC and myself, we're each taking three teams. We're doing a mock draft. The first two rounds of the 2021 CFL draft. And of course we'll have all kinds of coverage for the real event on Tuesday. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.